Hello everyone and welcome back to Nine Lives, episode 23, the penultimate episode before the end of the year, can you believe it? It's absolutely insane to me that it's gone on this long. Um, What a lesson in confidence for myself, but I'll probably delve a little bit more into that in the next episode in the Christmas special because I've learned so much through the process of just doing this podcast. So it's been the highlight of my year. This is the best thing to have happened to me this year (laughs) by far. Um, But anyway, I'll talk about that next episode. Um, What's going on in my life? I'm chilling, to be honest. I'm just doing my marathon training, um, taking it really slow. I haven't run since last week. I haven't run in a week uh, just because I did that 30k and then my body was more my nervous system, my central nervous system was pretty fried. So I did decide that it was just a sensible idea to kind of take a little time to just rest and recuperate, lift some weights, eat some food, all those good things. And tonight I will go after this and do some speed work which is my new favorite thing in the whole world and I never thought that I'd be sat in this chair saying that because I thought I'd be a slow trail runner not slow you know what I mean a trail runner who doesn't look at pace for the rest of my life but yet I have caught the bug and I the feeling of running fast and then feeling like you can't do it but still pushing yourself to the end of that workout like say it's like a 450 kilometer which for me is breakneck fast and at my lactate threshold but the feeling of getting to the end of that kilometer and then slowing down and knowing you've done it the runner's high from that is like illegal drugs (laughs) I literally am on the treadmill listening to Rob Zombie like I am a golden god I'm a god so anyway I digress from the topic of this episode but uh that's where I'm at I'm just You know, I'm in a good place, actually. I'm like in a really chilled place. Work is mental, as always. But I'm just kind of letting it happen to me and being like, cool, I'll just work my way through the to-do lists and stay calm. So this week, okay, uh, this topic is one that I'm going to have to tread carefully with. But it's something I've been sitting on for a while. Um... And something that people have asked me to talk about, something I'm very passionate about. So I went to a panel, I spoke on my first panel this weekend, which was terrifying, but really, really fun. And um, turns out I really like public speaking. Who knew? Was definitely one of those people who's terrified of crowds and being perceived uh, at school or in any other place in my life. But turns out as an adult, uh, I actually have some things to say, which people want to hear, which is very surreal. So I went to this panel and I spoke with three other really wonderful women in the fitness. I suppose they're more in the wellness space. Um, And it was a really lovely day. And a common question and something that I was asked about a lot was staying vigilant online and sort of like phone hygiene, social media hygiene. So I thought that I would caveat off that panel and talk about today's topic, which is de-influencing the influencer, (laughs) staying vigilant on online fitness spaces. Yeah, that title's quite dramatic. Uh, Obviously, I have a big platform and quite a large following. 
I'm very detached from it. I do not believe it to be real and I don't like to think about it too much. Um, I'm not, I just don't really see myself as someone with a large following. It makes me very uncomfortable. Uh, I do like to think that I have like within that following a little golden nugget of my like friends, like the people that listen to the podcast, the people I meet when I'm out and about or come to the, these panel things or stop me on my runs, like who send me lovely messages, then I know that you guys are in there. But the grand scheme of it is terrifying to me. Um, and there's a lot that I know now because I've been working in this industry for properly about a year and a half and there's just things I've noticed and things I've seen and, and things that I do to keep myself safe and sane and grounded while being in this time of online mania um, that we all have and yeah I just wanted to have a little chat today about it really because I think it's something that's really prevalent in young people and I see often the a lot of anxiety is caused by online comparison you name it we'll go into it but you know, I think what's important to remember and to think about is that this here, this phone, this is a weapon. It has the power to change and improve or destroy your life. Um, you have all the information you could ever need in this phone and it's terrifying. It's so terrifying. And we aren't designed as human beings with these little brains in our noggins to take in that much information constantly. I also think that if I could encourage anyone to do anything, it's to not put influencers on a pedestal. Um, idol worship or putting people as like, they're these gods, they're amazing, they're, you know, perfect and wonderful and, you know, I'm, I'm hanging on their every word. People are there to inspire and educate and that's so important and there are people in the online space that I love and look up to and I'm very proud of my online space as well but it's important not to give people your power and to remember that when you look at someone whether it's myself or one of my peers or whoever you should look at them and think oh I can do that too or that's so inspiring like I'm gonna try to do that for myself as well not putting them on a pedestal worshipping them because internet fame you know it's not fame because you're self-publishing you're literally putting yourself out there and being like like and follow so it's a it's a very it's a strange relationship um it's a, yeah it's a it's a very surreal experience so anyway um I was watching a film last night a really beautiful film um which was a kind of rom-com. It's called How Do You Know? And it's 2010 with Paul Rudd and Reese Witherspoon. And it's like, you know, it's not a great movie, but it's something that just passes the time if you want a cute little movie. But there's a moment in it that is so glorious and wonderful. And if you've seen the film, you'll know what I'm, the moment that I'm talking about. And I think it actually really ties into um, some of the ideas I'm gonna to present today. So in the movie, Reese Witherspoon is dating this like athlete, right? Owen Wilson, who's like this playboy athlete and he's all flashy and, you know, he's like very good looking and has like a lot of popularity. He's like a famous athlete um, and it's her birthday and he gives her a diamond watch, like crazy diamond watch, like massive iced out, you know, um, and her counterpart in this movie is Paul Rudd, who is also trying to 
court her, let's say. And for her birthday, he gives her a pot of Play-Doh. And it's really, really beautiful because he says to her, that's only half of the present. The other half is the story. And he tells the story of how Play-Doh was invented by a man in Ohio uh, as white goo. And he used it to remove soot off the wallpaper from old-fashioned uh, heating. So like, you know, uh, when we had fireplaces. So when gas and electric heating came, there was no longer a need for cleaning goo. So the guy was going under, like out of business. But his sister-in-law, who was a nursery school teacher, noticed that the kids loved playing with this white goo. So... She suggested they colour the stuff and call it Play-Doh. Amazing. And then he says, So, I've kept this Play-Doh as a long time, as proof that we are just one small adjustment away from making our lives work. I loved that. And what I loved the most was how much more important that pot of Play-Doh was to her in the movie. I mean, heartfelt, romantic, beautiful, it has meaning it has substance and the diamond watch is empty so yeah it costs him probably I don't even know how much a diamond watch costs a million I don't know I don't know about these things um but you can spend all your money and be as flashy as you want and like posture as much as you can on social media or with bling and whatever but the pot of play-doh is what matters because that's the story and that's the integrity and that's the wonderful meaning of life behind it and I just love that. We're one small adjustment away from making our lives work. Anyway, I just thought that was a beautiful moment from a movie and I just wanted to share it because I thought the sentiment behind it was beautiful. Um, so <laughs> back to the online space. Um, I think it's amazing that how the online space is changing, especially within the fitness world. I think that as consumers, we're becoming um, really good at sort of knowing when things are wrong or better at least, uh, or when things don't align with us. Um, and I, you know, I remember when the online fitness space was all just like massive glutes and washboard abs and posing as hard as you can, um, edited photos, like just stuff that, that was like what was popular like in the OG Gymshark days. Um, and I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like that's changing. And I feel like people are wanting what is real. Like when I'm looking online, I just want to see people real, just doing their real stuff out there trying, whether it be running along a mountain or just getting out of bed in the morning and talking about mental health. Like I just want to see what's real. And, you know, I think my content and the way that I present ideas has changed. I think this podcast has been a huge thing for me of like... I personally believe that what I have to say is way more powerful than, than how I look or the journey that I've been on in any kind of aesthetic way. I think that storytelling is a huge thing. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure if I count myself as an influencer. I know that probably people listening are like, well, you are, but maybe I'm like a content creator or I don't know. I'm a coach in my mind, a podcaster, um, businesswoman. Anyway, I digress. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about today, and it's something that's so prevalent in the fitness space, and it's what fills my inbox every single day and is the top comment under most of my videos is, can you post a what I eat in a day video? Um, and I know some people love them for inspiration, um, for recipes, for like seeing what people who are 
athletic, what they like to eat. And I get it. I get the fascination with other people's lives. I do. Um, but it's really important to understand that every time you consume this sort of media, which could be hundreds of times in a day, when you look at the typical teen usage of TikTok, you are subconsciously comparing and being subconsciously persuaded uh, by what you're seeing. So, for example, when I first started my fitness journey, I really wasn't consuming a lot of online media because um, I just wasn't involved in fitness and didn't really care about it. I was just sort of randomly walking and jogging in the park and, you know, whatever. And then I downloaded a little app called TikTok and got into gym talk and started to like measure my progress by the size of my glutes and waist and you know really started consuming what I eat in a day videos and all of this stuff and it really damaged me for a time because I'm someone who like I have specific tastes in my food and I've always had a really big appetite and for a time I really tried to conform to a certain type of diet that I was seeing online and I was copying it and it almost destroyed my fitness progress and my journey as a whole because I was without knowing it restricting things from my diet that I really really loved and really really liked and were fueling me and I kind of had to take a moment and reframe everything and think no actually you've got to eat what you want and you've got to eat what you like and trying to copy influencers is just damaging you and damaging your progress and it means that you aren't as engaged with your personal journey you're just trying to copy someone else's and it's just a really important thing to be vigilant online with what you're consuming especially around nutrition because most people are not dietitians or nutritionists um they don't have a professional background or qualifications in health which means that unfortunately the information is not going to be scientifically based or follow responsible nutritional guidelines um and this is something to be just careful of you know and I know and I know people are going to say Yes, but, you know, I love the inspiration. I love recipes. And I agree. So do I. I love nothing more than seeing gorgeous recipes online. Another thing to think about is how unrealistic some of these nutritional videos can be. And the same goes for workout videos. I just sometimes think that if we're like presenting this online and people think this is the pinnacle of what health and fitness is, you're discrediting and kind of discounting all the other people who are also trying to have a fitness journey, like shift workers, nurses, single moms like looking at this like daily vlog or day in a life of someone who doesn't have a sedentary nine to five um who has uh, you know unlimited budget for like going to whole foods and buying these incredible meals or meal preps having like money to travel and do these races all the around the world like it's such a privilege and it can be, I'm sure, very frustrating to look at those. And as human beings, we naturally compare. And I just think it's so important to try not to because within our own little journeys, there are so many gems to be found about ourselves and a way that we can really bolster ourselves up by the joys of all the little things we discover about ourselves. And it's going to be so different to the sensational sensationalism of social media, of like these perfect lifestyles that we see but if you kind of remove that kind of content or stop consuming that kind of content it doesn't have to exist to you anymore and you can just remain a little bit happier in your lifestyle so 
a thing that I don't see discussed, and I think it's so important with nutrition videos and nutrition content, is the cultural differences that we have. Like the whitewashing of wellness or, you know, clean girl online content only shows a very particular Western diet. And we should be able to all enjoy our foods that is culturally, culturally relevant to us with our families without guilt. And, you know, there's a very one size fits all sort of like avocado toast, protein oats, salmon, chicken, rice, broccoli, whatever, you know, whatever it is, or these like horrible supplement protein milkshake concoctions that people do that I just look so sickly. Some people love them. It's amazing. But there you go. That's not to my taste. Um, but some people will love it. And that's so important because we, we have different things that we love. And I think it's just really important never to lose your flavor. You know, like I have many friends from many different backgrounds whose families cook the most incredibly delicious different dishes from all around the world. And I would never want anyone to see things online and think, oh, that's the way that fitness people eat or that's the way I have to eat in order to get to my goals. No, you can still eat the foods that you love from your culture cultures. You just have to make it work for you. And I think not losing the flavor of your life or the flavor of your background is so important as well. And it also means that all of this is going to be a lot easier to stick to if you if you make it things that you love and you include the diets that your family loves so that you're not losing out on time with loved ones. Because when we're sharing food together, it's so important. Like my mum and dad and aunt and all of my family are so, they're huge foodies and if I was ever to skip out a meal with them because I wanted to eat my meal prep or, you know, and I know a lot of people, it's different because yes, there are some families who who don't eat the most healthy diets. And sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is to, you know, consume the food that you know you need to for your, for your own journey. This is a very nuanced topic. So I'm, I really want to make sure I'm not blanketing over anyone's experience and talking over anyone's experience because they're all so different and tricky and nuanced. But basically, I'm just encouraging you to make sure you make space for the things that your family loves or culturally feel very significant to you um, because all types of food can fit within a fitness diet. Um, it doesn't need to just be one type that you see online. So if we're talking about hygiene with our phones and uh, the way that we use them and our social media usage, because I think that's a massive topic. And it's what I spoke about on the panel. It was the most asked question is like, how do you get out of the like scrolling loop or stop comparing yourself online? Or, you know, how do you reduce your hours online? Um, so this is something I've done recently. And to be completely honest, my my social media usage became a little bit unhealthy at the beginning of this year um just because I I was trying to be someone I wasn't I think and I was trying to post quite frequently which really isn't my jam I prefer to post when I feel like it or when I have a idea that is nice and important and feels good to post and you know look and it and it feels good to me but I don't want to be just sticking to a schedule and churning out stuff that doesn't feel right and I was kind of doing that because I thought I was trying to be someone anyway my friends had to have a little bit of a chat with me and say like life is in the real world what's going on come on like it's not in your phone 
like those numbers aren't real and don't matter. Um, let's bring it back to reality. And so I downloaded an app called Opal. This isn't an ad. There are no ads on this podcast. There's nothing. Um, but it's an amazing app. And it it basically means that I have my social media blocked all day. I just have to request to access it for like five or ten minutes at a time. And I have a half an hour usage on it every single day. And then it kicks me out. Obviously, there's overrides and people uh, people have my password so I can ask them for it uh, if I need to go in and edit or there's like something I need to do for work. Um, but I also have people who have my login who can help with that. But uh, it's a really good way of breaking that kind of uh, compulsion to reach for your phone and mindlessly scroll. Because in my mind, uh, life begins basically outside. Life begins outside of social media, you know, like... The ideas for the world and the ideas about yourself and learning about yourself should be lived experience, should be, you know, grazing your knees, reading a book, listening to a song at like 2 a.m. in your bedroom when you're 14 years old. And maybe it's like, I don't know, Radiohead, like I used to listen to. And those were the moments that I was learning about myself because I was like, this song is crushing my soul and I'm discovering who I am or I'm reading The Catcher in the Rye and discovering who I am or, you know, I'm just finding out little things about myself. And what scares me the most is how much that time that we spend scrolling takes away from our originality. And I think social media might be the start of the death of originality and it's so important to find your own flow everything becomes a copy of a copy of a copy to quote fight club (laughs) if you haven't seen that film it's amazing and you know it's just really important to embrace what makes you you and what makes you tick and the space that you give yourself if you do look at your social media usage and hygiene you could give yourself like three extra hours a day to go for a run to read a book to work on that business idea that you you've always had and I know this might sound hypocritical because I do make I put content out there um I mean, I know that a lot of people listen to this podcast while being productive, while cleaning, while being at the gym, while running, while walking, which I just think is amazing. Like the fact that I'm putting out content that you can engage with while being out and about is like a dream come true for me because I think, unfortunately, like reels have to happen for my job, but I struggle. I struggle, I struggle, I struggle with short form content. I think, yeah, if I had it my way, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have to put out nine second reels, but you know, I have a job to do. So let's talk a little bit about the science of uh, phones. And I'm gonna speak a little bit about what human kind of thinks about it. And basically uh, our phones or grabbing for our phones is running on a dopamine driven feedback loop. So Social media apps are deliberately designed to elicit that in us. And the science does show that phones trigger the same neural reward circuitry as a slot machine, which is terrifying. To have that on you all the time is just like, oh, it's so crazy. And it's something called the hypnotized chicken effect. So when you're engaging in a behavior over and over again, and you're thinking to yourself, this isn't even that interesting, you're officially addicted. So that's the litmus test for for addiction. 
People talk about the dopamine hits of social media. Those only come at the beginning, but when you find yourself scrolling, you are seeking more dopamine hits because guess what? The dopamine wave pool's depleted, at least for that activity. <clears throat> so you feel excited in the anticipation of using your phone or while on a social media app, that's the impact of the dopamine system taking shape. But if you find yourself scrolling mindlessly and it's not doing anything for you, you're driving that wave pool down. In other words, it's once the dopamine release associated with whatever you're doing on your phone depletes, the effects of addiction truly kicks in. So his advice is to turn your phone off for a few hours a day. Um, I know that's really difficult and people are like, oh my God, I can't do that. What if people need me? Um, so Opal or other blocking apps are a really good way to start breaking that sort of um, compulsion with your phone or breaking that like, I'm bored, let's pick up the phone and scroll. Um, and for me, that took about a month for me to like, which is crazy for me to break that I'm bored, pick up phone, scroll. Now it's I'm bored. Usually it's it's music, I would say, or it's journaling reading or working you know those kind of things but it, you can get over it you can and I think being able to be like the way that I imagine it in my mind and I said this on the panel and it seemed people were like okay that's a lovely way of thinking about it is I imagine the internet as, a, as an orb that is floating around the universe and within the orb is like my social media and all the people engaging with it and everything else, all the information swirling around. And it's like next to me or it's like far away from me and it comes like this. And I can jump out of the orb at any time. I can get out and I'm, I land on my feet and I'm in the real world and I pick up a book. Or I, you know, I touch a friend on the shoulder and I'm like, it's so nice to be present with you. Or... I don't know, I go for a run, I play with my dog, I, you know, do all of the things that make me happy and make me feel real. And the orb is still there and I'm kind of aware of the orb, you know, but sometimes it goes really far away and then sometimes it comes back and then I can jump back into the orb and I can just quickly be like, okay, no one needs me, it's not an emergency, out of the orb again. So that's a really nice way of thinking about it as well. But I just... I just want to encourage people to be themselves and to embrace, just embrace what makes them them and try to see the world outside of social media um, because there are amazing usage usages for social media, amazing charity drives. There's content that inspires and educates and motivates and I hope my page does that. Um, but I'd never want someone to sit on my page and scroll for hours and, you know, I think it should just be a jumping off point to then go and start your own journey and do your own research or or maybe go for a run, go to the gym, whatever it is, go hug a tree. <laughs> um, but it's also important to, because we all kind of merge into one human being if we're all consuming the same content and making the same content and swirling around in our minds comparing 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 and I think it's just sometimes good to just be like stop stop that like it's okay to feel different to other people but that is your gold that is your treasure like you have to hold on to that and not lose it it's okay to be the odd one out it's okay in fact I think it's good I think it's fantastic to be the one that thinks differently or does something differently or moves differently or speaks differently or looks differently I think that's fantastic and what scares me and I don't want to pull the whole about this generation because obviously you know but what does concern me is 
that people are losing their originality or perhaps they're never discovering it, you know? And there are so many wonderful things in this world from literature to poetry to, I mean, architecture to design to music, films, everything that can be discovered. And I worry that the hours that you spend consuming this purposely addictive like a slot you I often imagine it like a slot machine you know like YouTube shorts that are just awful like I'm imagining that that's like an addict on a slot machine like consuming 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 and it's not you're not learning anything you're not doing anything for yourself so another thing you can do as well is really curate your Instagram feed like I mute a lot of accounts because I still want to support people I just don't find their content to be engaging or interesting or they do you know it's just like similar stuff again and again so I tend to sort of mute those accounts um and I do similar stuff again and again it's not a bad thing but it's just you know certain content I don't resonate with so I just keep my feed nice and curated so I know that when I log into Instagram I'm going to see my mates and I'm going to see a couple of athletes that I absolutely love um a couple of like entrepreneur people a lot of charity stuff um animals <laughs> and that's that you know um so don't be afraid to like set boundaries with your online usage as well it's so important and uh yeah just be you that's it's just so important to hold on to what you find dear um and be careful be careful with what you're consuming be critical it's okay to be critical like we are living in pre-disclaimer social media there are no disclaimers of this person is not qualified this person has an eating disorder there isn't that it's just here's the information <laughs> here we go could reach seven million people insane so just arm yourself and ask yourself another good test is when you see like a video about nutrition or whatever it is um you know how does that make me feel am I feeling filled up and inspired is this person making me feel like I can also join in and I feel good and educated and armed or do I feel like I'm really comparing myself and I feel like I don't feel good about myself after that. I don't feel good about the food that I eat. I don't feel good about my lifestyle. If that's the case, might be might be a little mute, might be a little mute moment, you know? Just have those boundaries for yourself and be really, really, really careful because we ha we're in this time that's new and we don't have enough information yet to know what this is gonna do to us long-term. Um, or our brains and it's quite scary so I just encourage you to be yourself and if that means having moments or days you know like I've started doing uh, Saturdays and Sundays offline which is whoa whoa but it's amazing um, and there you're not missing out on anything I know the FOMO can hit you but it, it you're not missing anything believe me you're gonna be gaining a lot so um, just taking some space and if you don't know how to fill that time that's maybe quite a good thing because you can be like okay I'm bored <laughs> what do I do um you know maybe go to your local bookstore uh, discover some new literature discover some new music maybe you could try writing that's a really lovely thing to do drawing uh sculpting <laughs> anything running you know anything anything just discover who you are what makes you tick and you'll I think you'll just you'll find your happiness will really really increase um and you won't have to spend time comparing yourself to other people either because you'll just be so fabulously you that you won't care so I'll end it there um so many more topics within that to delve into in the new year 
um, which we will we will go into them and I'll have some people on as well to speak on these topics too um, and yeah just be safe out there you know that's all that's all I want for all of you um, you know because this is always with you and it's with you at night and that's what my phone doesn't come to bed with me but I do it used to and I used to have really sad long nights of being very sad looking at things online so just 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 look out for yourself my little babies that's all you know you can have boundaries and they can make you feel better so yeah all right we'll end with a poem as always so this is a little excerpt from a writer who just goes by mhn let july be july let august be august and let yourself just be even in the uncertainty you don't have to fix everything you don't have to solve everything you can still find peace and grow in the wild of changing things okay everyone i will see you next week for the final episode of the year i hope that was helpful i'd love to hear your feedback uh, on instagram you know i love chatting to you guys so loads of love and I will see you next week.